Hello and welcome to yet another episode of How Not to Suck at the Stocks. This is your host, Dan Hansen. This show is for entertainment purposes only and extremely not safe for work. This particular episode is on the 2021 third quarter uh, 10Q for Microsoft. So full disclosure, I actually do own a little bit of Microsoft. Uh, so back in about March of 2020, April of 2020, I heard someone say that if you like a company, you should invest a little bit into it so that'll encourage you to do more research into the company. And so I did that with a handful of uh, companies, including Microsoft. And uh, I actually found, I actually regurgitated that advice on this show, but I actually found that to be um, particularly shitty advice. And the reason is, is when you buy something, it's going to change the way you think about that thing. It's going to give you biases. So we tend to overvalue things that we own. Before we make a decision, we can be waffling back and forth. What do I do? Okay. But after you make a decision, you tend to double down on your decision. And so, in other words, it's a lot easier to just do your research without any sort of bias. Like, what's the point of having eyes if you're not going to use them? So that's really like the number one thing with investing is just seeing with your eyes. Now, what do people tell you to see? Not what you want to see, just seeing what's actually uh, in front of you. Um, and so one way that can help is just by researching companies before you buy them. So anyway, that's my, that's my spiel. Let's get into uh, Microsoft. Oh, and the reason why I don't know a lot of it is because I do not understand this company. And that will become readily apparent in the next few minutes. Let's go to page three. Again, you can follow along on the YouTube. Page three is the income statement. Okay, so you have this top line, uh, namely revenue, and they break it down by product and then service and other. And the service and other is growing like a weed. So let's get under the hood and see what are the different drivers of revenue. Let's go to page 30. Okay, so here they actually break it down differently than they broke it down on the income statement. This is actually one of the things that was incredibly frustrating about looking through this 10K is every few pages, they change how they segment uh, the data. And now this company is definitely screaming to be put into Excel just so you can partition out the numbers and and, the, and see the different uh, growths for yourself. Uh, but uh, I am not doing that. I'm, this is not a company that I will invest in any further. So in any case, uh, let's see. So they break it down productivity and business processes. This includes Microsoft Office. This includes LinkedIn. And this includes something called Dynamics Business Solutions. I have no idea what that is. Um, if I was going to invest further in this company, I would not be able to sit on my ignorance. I would have to learn what Dynamics is. But I'm just saying right now, I have no idea. what. I'm assuming it's a, some sort of business-to-business -business, uh, solution, as they call it. Uh, next segment is Intelligent Cloud. This includes Azure. Azure is, uh, you know, their cloud service. So Amazon has AWS. Uh, distance third is the Google Cloud. Uh, this is Microsoft's offering, the Azure. Uh, this segment also includes uh, consulting and support and things. And the final segment is more personal computing. This includes Windows, uh, the Surface tablets, the Xbox, and Bing. Let's see how these segments are doing. Let's scroll down to 42. All right, so the productivity and business processes, uh, it grew 
the last nine months over the previous nine months. Oh, by the way, the last episode, I was using quarter over quarter when I meant to say year over year. I think I repeated it about three times, so it was not a slip of the tongue. It was a slip of the mind, but I am apt to make mistakes. So in any case, uh, yeah, so as you can imagine, people are buying people are buying the Microsoft Office products less and less because they're subscribing to it more and more. So that's just, you're seeing that everywhere. The subscription as a service is just, uh, it's phenomenal. It's, it, it's phenomenal for the companies. Um, consumers apparently like it because it's cheaper upfront costs. And so Microsoft is, of course, uh, been benefiting from this. LinkedIn revenue growth up 21%. I was actually, I thought there were idiots for buying LinkedIn. Um, I guess I don't understand the business model for LinkedIn. I thought it was all advertising, but I guess there's a lot of other ways LinkedIn can make money. Because from an advertising standpoint, I don't get like who's on LinkedIn. Like I get that people put the resume on LinkedIn and then I get businesses look for resumes on LinkedIn. I just don't know like who's actively engaging on LinkedIn, like who's liking posts and sharing posts on LinkedIn. Like if I was on the bus, which I wouldn't be, but let's say I was, and the person next to me was browsing LinkedIn, I would get off the next stop. I would not want to be associated with that person in the least. Uh, next up, we have Dynamics, which again, I already said I have no idea what that is. And that grew 22%, including Dynamics 365 growth of 41%. Um, again, this would be significant if I, um, if I wanted to own this company. Uh, let's see. And... Um, let's see. So operating income, we'll get to this, the estimated useful lives of our server and network equipment. Uh, let's see. The next segment is intelligent cloud, namely Azure revenue. Uh, that grew 50%. That's crazy. That's like a video game number. Um, meanwhile, the operating expenses for this segment only increased 11% uh, driven by investments in Azure. So that's operational leverage. Uh, when you can get revenue growth of 22%, that's for the segment. Azure is 50%. The segment Intelligent Cloud is 22%. Again, you can follow along on YouTube. But in any case, uh, when you have revenue growth of 20% and expense growth of 10%, things get out of hand fairly quickly, in a good way. Uh, we're going to go to page 38 to show a little example I wrote up. So these are just made-up numbers. Let's say you have 100 in revenue, 80 in costs, and 20 in profit. If you were to increase the revenue and the cost by 20%, your profit will go up 20%, okay? But if you were to increase your revenue by 20% and your cost by only 10%, then your profit goes up 60%, uh, which if that's sustainable, is insane. Um, your typical company is gonna grow about 7% a year, okay? And that means it's gonna double about every 10 years. So the revenue is gonna double every 10 years, that's just the rule of 72 I'm using to get to these numbers. Uh, so if you can have 60% growth in your profits in one year, that, yeah, that, 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 that's significant. And that's, that's really going to throw off valuations. Um, it's hard to pay too much for a company when profits are growing 20, 30% a year, even for a short period of time. Uh, things get out of hand very, very quickly, again, uh, in a good way. Um, do we mean to skip... I don't know if I meant to skip. Do I want to talk about this stuff? Yeah, I hadn't got to more personal computing yet. So more personal, more personal computing, uh, revenue grew 13%. Uh, Windows is stagnant. Gaming went up huge, 42%. Now this is an example of unsustainable growth. The Azure growth, I don't really understand cloud computing, despite having a bunch of money in Amazon. 
Um, but I do as I say, not as I do. Uh, but their gaming revenue here, this is unsustainable. They came out with a new console last year. That's what you're seeing. They're not going to release a new console, uh, you know, every um, every every year. Uh, surface growth. Who the hell is buying surfaces? Apparently, fifteen uh, percent more people than last time. And then Bing is stagnant. I actually stopped using Bing. Just wasn't worth it anymore. Uh, okay, so operating expenses were down due to reductions in marketing and retail store expenses. So yeah, Microsoft is closing their uh, retail stores. Um, as far as I could tell, only kids trying to play Fortnite would ever frequent a Microsoft store. And I guess Microsoft realized that too. Um, as for the reductions in marketing, uh, man, that's why I was buying up Google and Facebook. Because companies were not advertising because of COVID. And so I knew Google and Facebook were going to go through an advertising drought. And I knew people would start to panic. And you could buy those companies up for cheap. But hey, guess what? Advertising is not going away. It just goes down in a down uh, cycle. Me so smart. Let's see. Uh, research and development. Uh, this went up 7% driven by investments in cloud engineering. I feel like this just sounds like I'm doing one of those corporate calls. Like who the fuck would want to listen to this? I don't know. I, I kind of liked the format from last time. I don't know why I hate this one. This episode sucks. I have to publish it though. I'm supposed to do one a week and I'm already behind. So quality control is on the chopping block. Uh, sales and marketing. Yep, I already mentioned that one. General and administrative. Ooh, new business taxes, how exciting. Okay, so let's go to components of other income. So this is somewhat controversial, I suppose. So I take the money companies get from their cash hoard, the interest and the dividends, and I just take it out. I, I act like they never received it. Um, the net recognized gains on investments, I take it out. I act like they never received it. And so what ends up happening is for the last nine months, I'm reducing their net income by about $2.5 billion. Um, I should explain why I do that. I'm already counting the cash as cash. When we get to the balance sheet, we'll explain uh, how that works. Um, but I don't want to count it twice. So they have this cash hoard. They have about $60 billion in net cash. Okay. There, there's the balance sheet way of valuing it, which is $60 billion in net cash is worth $60 billion, essentially. Then there's the income statement way of valuing it, which is to say, hey, all this cash they have is going to generate future cash flows, and let's discount those future cash flows to a net present value and value it that way. I prefer the first method because it's a lot easier. And also, I don't consider uh, that cash hoard and the income from that cash hoard to be a core part of Microsoft's business. I just think it's there because it's there. It's not, it's not part of, uh, you know, of their business model necessarily. So that's why I take that money out um, to, to project uh, their cash flows. Okay, let's see. We're going to page eight. No, we're going to stay here for a second. So at the bottom of this page, uh, under income taxes... Uh, so the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Here's an example of um, me taking even more away. So the India Supreme Court uh, ruled in software companies' favors, and so Microsoft got $600 million uh, extra added to their um, profits this last year. 
um, that's not sustainable. It's not going to happen every year. Uh, Supreme courts aren't always just going to be throwing money at Microsoft's bottom line. So that's $600 I'm removing from uh, their profits as well. Let's go to page eight. No, undoubtedly, it's more stuff I'm removing from their profits. Uh, yes, so basically they extended the useful lives of their server and network equipment and determined uh, uh, they should increase the server equipment from three to four years and increase estimated useful life of network equipment from two to four years. That added about $1.9 billion to their net income. Uh, I am removing that. That is just accounting shenanigans. Um, that it's not sustainable. So like every year they're going to be able to come up with some crazy new accounting shen uh, shenanigan. So uh, yeah, taking, taking that away. Again, I'm trying to get to core earnings. Like what I'm trying to value the company. Well, I'm not, but theoretically when I'm looking at a 10 K I'm, I'm, I'm making all these, there's no, I'm doing all this. I'm making all these notes. I'm bookmarking. I'm highlighting. I'm trying to get all the important variables I need to make an assessment of the company. Even if I know it's futile, even if I know it's a company I would never invest in, I still go through the process. Uh, so let's see. Next up, we're at page 50. What's page 50? Okay, well, here I actually add uh, to their net income. So this is TCJA. What does that stand for? Tax Commission Judge. Basically, uh, so the Trump tax cut it said that companies could take their money that was overseas and bring it back at a reduced tax rate. And so Microsoft has to pay taxes of $18.3 billion. They've already paid $4.7 billion of it, so they have $13.6 left. Um, so basically what I'm doing is I'm saying, okay, I would much rather just take that $13.6 billion that they owe the IRS. I'd rather just back it out of their cash, okay, rather than alter their cash flows for the next six years. Okay, so actually, I guess I am altering their cash flows for the next six years. <sighs> Probably not explaining this the best. Okay. Basically, I would just rather pretend they're paying it today. Because there's two, there's two ways to do it. Uh, you can pretend they paid it today, and all I have to do is remove their cash position uh, by $13.6 billion. Or when I'm projecting cash flows, I can uh, reduce their cash flow by what they're going to pay. And it's like 1.5, 1.5, 2.8, 3.7, and 4.5. That's the schedule uh, that the cash that they're going to pay the IRS. I think the first one's easier. I think it's easier just to back out the 13 point seven or sorry 13.6 they owe the irs and uh forget about the rest so anyway yeah i just i mean as you can tell not professional i just kind of do what i think makes sense i usually just go for what's like the simplest thing to do like back of the envelope kind of stuff i think if you're breaking out the slide rule you're you're probably in over your head you should probably just move on to a different company. Uh, let's see. So we're back at three. This tells me to scroll. Oh, it's supposed to scroll up. I already did. Yeah, I already did. Uh, scroll down at three, it says. Why? Oh, these are the adjustments that I've, I make to the bottom line. So I already delineated them. You have the Supreme Court decision, 600 million 
Extended uh, servers, network equipment, that's a 1.9 billion. Other income, uh, that's a 2.5 billion. And the TCGA, where I'm actually adding back 1.5 billion. And so their net income for the last nine months goes from about 45 billion to about 41 billion. Um, let's put a 10% shave off, that's significant. Uh, but I think that 41 billion is truer to what I can expect from the company uh, going forward. I wish I could explain myself better than I do, but I can't. So here we are. Uh, let's see, page five. This is their balance sheet. So here's where I'm trying to figure out their net cash position. So I look for things to consider cash. Pardon me. Cash and cash equivalents, that sounds like cash. Short-term investments, that sounds like cash. Equity investments sounds like cash. Uh, I look into things like other current assets, other long-term assets to see if there's anything in there I can count as cash. In this case, I did not. So you're left with about uh, $131 billion in cash, which is, that's a lot of cash. And then I'm looking for debt. Uh, so current portion of long-term debt, that sounds like debt. Uh, let's see, long-term debt, that sounds like debt. Uh, long-term income taxes. Normally, I don't count income taxes as debt because companies just always owe income taxes. It's just part of the ongoing concern. But remember the whole spiel I made about the, 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 the TCJA and the $13.6 billion? This is where I'm adding it. So I end up with about $72 billion in debt. So I take $131 in cash minus $72 in debt, end up with about $60 billion in net cash. So if I were to buy the company... I would think of, and it's like $2 trillion. So, I mean, Jesus Christ, 60, even $60 billion in cash is like nothing. Uh, but in any case, uh, I would alter my valuation by that $60 billion in cash. It's like I'd be getting it for $60 billion off. Uh, let's see. We're on to page six. This is the cash flow statement. So, I'm always concerned about how the depreciation and the CapEx lines up. So... I've already mentioned on the show how Facebook and Google are just doing massive investments in data centers, so their depreciation is massively understated in their CapEx. Microsoft appears to be the same uh, way. Um, and and I, don't, I don't dock those companies for it because I think those are really good investments. Um, and maybe that's not logically sound. But um, there's a difference between CapEx that's just like, hey, we need to rebuild this railroad because it's a piece of shit. And building a new data center that's going to give you a competitive advantage for the next 10, 15, 20 years. Uh, so if a company is doing the latter, then um, I'm not going to dock them for it. Let's see. Uh, what does make this complicated, though, is a lot of their, depreci a lot of their depreciation line item is actually amortization. Um, and so you have here this big acquisition. So they acquired Zenmax, parent of Bethesda. So that's page 19. I assume that's where we're going next. Yep. Okay, so they paid about $8 billion for what I'm going to call Bethesda. And you can see what they got. So this breaks it down. Uh, they got a little bit of cash. They got some uh, intangible assets, some others, and, of course, the plug variable, goodwill. So for those in the cheap seats, uh, companies are always going to pay over book. You're not really going to find companies buying things for underbook. And so when you buy something for overbook, you're going to end up with goodwill. Uh, so when a company buys another company, 
they look at all the things they can assign a price tag to, you know, the cash, assets, et cetera. And then they, they start labeling intangible assets, things like customer relationships and stuff like that. But they're always going to have a shitload of money left over, and that shitload of money left over goes to goodwill. Now, goodwill does not get amortized over time. That changed about 20 years ago. Now, every year, a company is expected to do, what is it called? It's basically just checking, an impairment check. There you go. They're doing an impairment check to see if they should have to write down uh, the goodwill. Meanwhile, um, the intangible assets, let me scroll, do get uh, written down. And so you can see all the intangible assets that Microsoft has. Now, the problem I run into is, okay, so the amortization charge for buying ZeniMax is kind of unfair because they've already paid the money. That $8 billion has already gone off their balance sheet, so my valuation method already accounts for it. But yet, they're going to continue to be getting docked for the um, acquisition for the next few years um, through the amortization of the intangible assets they picked up from the, the purchase. And I've, I've come to the tentative conclusion that I'm just going to leave well enough alone because... I'm concerned about how the company, I'm concerned with the company as a going concern. And I think in the case of Microsoft, they very commonly do these big acquisitions. They did GitHub for about seven and a half billion a few years ago. They did LinkedIn for probably a similar amount back in like, what is that, 2014. So every four years, they do do this kind of acquisition. So the amortization, it's one way for accounting for it. it it's it's a one way to just account for that in your in your projections is just leaving it alone and i'm not exactly satisfied with that answer but that's where my head's at right now that's my thought process at least whether i'm right whether i'm wrong probably wrong but c'est la vie uh, we're gonna scroll okay speaking of being utterly confused so i should know this um but i don't so they have the book value of their debt at 58 billion. They have the face value of their debt at 64 billion and the fair value of their debt at 67 billion. Um, and I would love if someone could explain this to me. This is a big difference. I mean, I guess for a $2 trillion company, it really doesn't matter. But for my own peace of mind, I would love to know the difference. And it says, I mean, fair value is based on level two inputs. Um, which I get. At the, uh, so level one is like, this is worth a dollar. The market says it's worth a dollar. Fine. Okay. Uh, level two says, okay, well, there is no market for this, but there are so many similar items that we can ascertain your item is worth, you know, a dollar, let's say. Then level three is essentially, there's no market anywhere for anything like this. So we have to do like a DCF to figure out what it's worth. And hey, it's worth a dollar. Uh, but... I don't know. I can't really wrap my mind around it. I can't wrap my mind around much today, but it's a Friday and the show uh, must go on. Let's see. Let's skip ahead to 56. That's the last thing I have to say about anything. HoloLens. What the fuck is HoloLens? Does anyone know? I guess I could Google it. But um, anyway, it's <laughs> probably the first thing I should have done rather than ask, uh, ask the internet. I could ask Google. Anyway, so that has been my little uh, behind-the-scenes look at a, at a man 
a man at a wit's end. Yeah, it's just, I'm in over my head with this company. Um, I like simple businesses with, you know, like simple business models. This has a lot of ins and outs. This has a whole lot of different products, and I, I really don't understand. A lot of it's business to business. That's the problem. A lot of it's business to business. But that's one thing I like about doing the show is it really shoves my nose in my own ignorance. So you think you know something until you have to explain it. And it's like, wait, fuck. You know, like a kid asks you, like, how come the sky is blue? And you're like, well, the sky is blue because um, the way the sunlight reflects off the, the ocean, maybe? And you realize you really have no fucking idea why the sky is blue. So anyway, this has uh, been Dan Hansen. Uh, I'm going to have to Google. Okay, so Google HoloLens and why is the sky blue? Oh, and probably Dynamics. What is it? Dynamics 365. All right, thank you very much. This has been Dan Hansen. You have been you.